people say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Let her get away, mommy. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends, an ultra spooky edition as we are in the month of October. I'm Horror Host Trav, aka the Captain Creature himself. Joining me as always is the theme queen herself, producer Kate. Hi. And reports of missing campers and college <laughs> students have been on the rise lately around this area. That usually means one thing, that the slasher Rob is in fact in the area keeping busy. Rob, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's it going, man? <laughs> so, welcome back, and it's a welcome back for us, too, because we've had a lot going on. Uh, I've been sick as fuck recently, uh, half this month. I don't know what kind of fucking bug I had. I had it for like two weeks, though. It sucks. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to? Uh, Rob, we can start with you. I just work, man. Uh, moving to the house there in Speedway. Just catching uh, murderers. And... <laughs> trying to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, just moving to Speedway working and that's pretty much it man. what does robbie watch uh i watch Dahmer. <laughs> of course you have. same here oh my god um how do you think it, it was it was it you know fine or i thought it was, it was really good, good actually okay. um i forget the actor's name but it's the dude that played um, kevin peters I yeah, think, yeah yeah he does a really good job i think is Dahmer. uh i think it does a good job i'm assuming of telling the whole story i, I don't know how accurate it is or how mm -hmm. you know Hollywood eyes, as, as mm -hmm. I think Katie said it is, but uh, it's a good show. Was The Exorcist Part 3 in that? Because that was like one of, that was mm -hmm. his favorite yes. movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they show him saying, like telling people to watch the movie, the, his different victims and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. The only criticism I have of it is it does a little, it works a little too hard to make you care about jeffrey dahmer or mm. to like make you think that um his m like psychopathy is warranted because of his childhood it's absolutely not his childhood mm -hmm. wasn't that fucking wild i'm gonna tell you like yeah were his parents awful um to each other and really volatile and stuff but like and he has maybe a little bit of abandonment issues about his mom but right, it's like no, you don't mean to. <laughs> but there, there are people who have gone through much worse and not end up killing I didn't boil people my neighbor. and trying to turn them into <laughs> living zombies and then eating them. Uh, that is purely, I think, him just being a psychopath. Right, friend of the show, Jeffrey Dahmer, by the way. <laughs> so I know that you guys do watch a lot of true crime and shit like that. Kate, has that is that all that you've been watching during the spooky month of October? I have been watching. A lot. Well, I watched Dahmer just like in little snippets, like one episode a night because, and I don't, I wasn't able to binge it like I usually like to because my, my kids are, mm. they make it really hard to, mm -hmm. to manage that. Um, and just being busy with at work and events and things. So, um, Dahmer's the only thing I've been able to accomplish since the last time I saw you go and talk to you on the pod. And beyond that, I watch a lot of Disney movies. Mm. A lot of Disney movies. A lot of Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Daughter loves it, thanks to you and the book that you bought her. <laughs> what would you say is the scariest Disney movie? Scariest? Yeah, because we were talking about at work the other day, like how fucked up Lion King was. Not that it's a horror movie, but it, the fact that like Scar kills his dad and then like, doesn't he like mate with his mom afterwards? And no. Just like, oh. No. No. Uh, so he plots to kill his own brother and Simba's dad. Um, right. We watched The Lion King a lot recently. Um, he also plots to kill his nephew multiple times, doesn't accomplish it, but, um, at the same time, he is, like, emotionally manipulating Simba, mm. too. It's actually quite, it's the only one that makes me cry every time during the Simba f going to his dead dad. Mm -hmm. Like, that's pretty rough. Um, Maybe that was something else that I watched. Scariest? <laughs> um, honestly, Mulan's pretty scary for kids, I think. Because um, there's like real war and like whole mm -hmm. towns like burnt and 
um, the villains are just other people, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's easy to be like, Oh, that's just a silly dragon. That's not real or Mm -hmm. whatever. But I don't know. Milan's pretty rough. Lion King. I always liked Fantasia. You guys remember the black cauldron? (laughs) Yeah, I do. The black cauldron's pretty creepy. Is it really? Yeah. I wouldn't say that's for little kids. Like, Phoebe's age. No, uh, that was like it's a Walt Disney movie, for adults. Yeah. <laughs> some of those, some of that shit's for adults, dude. Yeah. Some of those <laughs> Disney movies are like, watched, oh my I god. I watched Black Cauldron when I was a child, so yeah. maybe that's why I am where I am right now. Yeah, I remember reading the book. Um, uh, is um, the Wizard of Oz is that a Disney? Uh, I don't think so. That's an MGM. MGM. Okay. Like, but yeah, that movie's. I mean, you want to talk about fucking horror movie creepy? That movie is fucking <laughs> out there. Um, I've been quite busy. Um, I haven't reviewed any of these, and I won't like review them now. Just like my general thoughts. But uh, Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser, Jamie Clayton plays uh, Pinhead, brings him back to the big screen or the uh, uh, television set uh, on Hulu. Uh, I re- I really really recommend that. Um, I thought it was really well done. Uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney plus is actually really killer. It introduces man thing. And you know, some of these darker Marvel characters, it's only 50 minutes and it's shot like black and white. Like some of the, uh, like the universal monster movies, Rob, have you watched that? I haven't watched it's that. It's actually one yet. pretty killer, dude. But like, I, I did see that man thing was going to be in it, and I was like, oh, that might be really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and we went to see oh, Terrifier two. Uh, Terrifier is a ultra gore movie. Uh, for like people on the fringe, you know, brutal people that have seen it. Uh, it introduces <laughs> Art the Clown, but Terrifier two opened up into theaters, and um, the movie that we're covering tonight and Terrifier two and Smile is kind of like they're kind of dominating the box office right now, which is a really cool thing to see. Um, and recently last week we went to see Halloween, the original on the big screen. Uh, so my buddy Jack had never seen it and, uh, his first time seeing it was on the big screen, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, seeing Halloween on the big screen for the first time you've ever seen it. Uh, it's gotta be something, you know, all the blue hues and the good carpenter score, because the first thing he said, like, after it ended was, like, the score. The score is just amazing, dude. Like, I don't care. I, even if you don't like the movie, this score is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so, with that, I'd kind of like to get into tonight's subject, which will be kind of like a battleground, uh, <laughs> if you will, just to set up listeners. Uh, a bit of a controversial film, uh, if you haven't noticed online. Um, it was funny, because Rose and I went to see a sneak, like, a, an early preview of this. Um, on the Wednesday before it opened. Um, and immediately when this movie ended, I turned to Rose and was like, people are going to hate that movie. <laughs> and she was like, why? And I was like, people are going to hate that movie. Um, but this is Halloween Ends uh, in 2022, directed by David Gordon Green, of course, who also directed Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. Um, written by Paul Brad Logan. Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. So like I said, this was a controversial film uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, of course. Rotten Tomatoes isn't the end-all be-all, but I, I, I generally it gives like kind of a good kind of barometer on where a film is kind of landing with audiences. So the tomato meter is 39% currently, and the audience score is 57%, which that one is like the one that uh, I usually go by. because Divisive, divisive. Yeah, very divisive, very divisive. Um, so are masterpieces like Blue Velvet, but anyway, uh, <laughs> written by Paul Brad Logan, um, also written by Chris Bernier, also written by Danny McBride, also written by David Gordon Green. There's the problem there. Uh, music by John Carpenter, of course, Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies. Um, as I sit here, the creature sits here in his studio with a Fright Rags Halloween Ends t-shirt on. Uh, I am a Mark. Uh, The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in the final installment of this trilogy, uh, starring Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Andy Matichak as Allison Nelson, uh, James Jude Courtney as The Shape, a.k.a. Michael Myers, um, Will Patton as Deputy Hawkins, uh, Rowan Campbell as Corey Cunningham, and Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace, returning, of course, playing the, uh, the, ch- the child in the first Halloween. Okay, so this is a new movie. It just came out last week. Um, 
there's not much trivia, but there is a little bit of trivia. So the first bit of trivia, Corey Cunningham, a uh, new character we are introduced to in this picture, is inspired by Arnie Cunningham um, from John Carpenter's film Christine. So thematically, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, the movie um, that the movie that Corey and the kid. Um, this is before the kid explodes when he falls over the banister. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh, by the way, this is going to be spoiled. So spoil heavy. Yeah, spoil heavy. Like this is going to be a review. Do not watch. Do not listen to this if you haven't seen the movie. Um, the movie they're watching is, is of course John Carpenter's The Thing, a reference to the original, where they're watching, of course, Howard Hawks' original The Thing. Uh, Halloween Ends uses the blue font used in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Also, another masterpiece in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween Ends was released 40 years after Halloween 3, of course. And in fact, Halloween 2018 used the same credit font as 1978. And Halloween Kills used the same opening font as Halloween 2. So just some like little uh, little Easter eggs there. Just before we get going, what were your guys' feelings on the two previous films in this franchise? So before we talk about the film and then the fran- the trilogy in whole, what were your like feelings on the previous two and what did, what did you kind of expect going in? Rob, I'll start with you. Okay. Um, so I thought the first two were great. <clears throat> I mean, I thought that the first movie was really good. Um, I, I liked how like... You see him. It, it's a direct sequel from the first Halloween movie from 1978. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he gets out of his mental institution and then he gets back to Haddonfield and he just starts hacking people. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Halloween Kills, same thing. He's in that house. Halloween Kills probably the biggest body count in the series. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He, he, like, massacres all of those firefighters at the very beginning of the movie. It's a fantastic, uh, fa- fantastic scene. Um, and, of course, all the townspeople there at the end while they're beating the mess out of him. And then he just gets up and just slaughters all of them. That's great, too. I, I, love, I love both of those movies. They're really good. Okay, stop right there. Kate, what were your uh, kind of, kind of uh, thoughts on the series as, as it was going? I enjoyed the first in the series the best. Um, I, I think it's just all around personally. I think it's a great movie. Um, one that we've covered, right? I don't think we've covered Halloween Kills. We covered the first one, I think with your mom. Yeah. Halloween Kills. I think we might've done a review of it. Yeah, I think so. But we didn't do like a, a traditional episode. Halloween Kills was good to me. It was entertaining, but it wasn't Mm. like, wow, that was genuinely, I think like a not flawless neither of them are flawless but that was like a solid movie all around not just like a solid slasher mm-hmm. whereas the first one i think is like solid slasher but also just a solid movie all around so my affinity for them basically just dwindles as you go down the trilogy interesting so yeah the, the kill count here uh 2018 17 uh kills halloween kills 34 kills i don't know if these are 100 percent accurate and uh, we'll talk about Halloween Ends as kill count after we get your guys' initial reaction. So, Rob, why don't we start with your Halloween Ends initial reaction? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Don't hold back like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I know you're intimidated no, by this T-shirt. No. Oh, please. That that T-shirt is misleading is what that T-shirt <laughs> is. Um, I, like, without... Without, like, I'm not even exaggerating here. I think it might be the worst Halloween movie ever made. So, real quick, <laughs> what, something you including, just said. Including the Rob Zombie remake. Whoa. Inclu- we're inclu- I, I need to watch the second Rob Zombie remake just to just to be sure. Yeah. But, but it might <laughs> be the how, worst Halloween movie ever his made. His hackles are all up and shit. <laughs> uh, so, you brought up a pretty good point. Like, your fr- very first sentence when you first started speaking of, like, that we were shown something that we weren't given. Do you have a problem with that? Like, do you guys have a problem with yeah. like the the kind of the marketing of this film? Because like, you can't really say that about Halloween three because Halloween three didn't market Michael Myers being in the movie, as far as I know. Uh, but this one, it was like the uh, you know the last battle between these two. But was that like part of it? You think? Yes. Because you watch the first two, and Mike, it's Michael Myers and it's Laurie, Laurie Strode. You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> 
this is the end. This yeah. is like, how does this, how does this conclude between the two of them? And then you get this lifetime movie where, <laughs> and, this ridiculous, and this ridiculous love story that comes out of absolutely nowhere. Oh. And I don't care about it at all. Yeah. Um, and, and Michael Myers is, is, I think he got 10 minutes of screen time. Is that, is um, that accurate? So that's interesting that you say that. Yeah. So in the original Halloween, he uh, gets nine minutes and 37 seconds of screen time. Uh, comparing that to Halloween ends, he uh, gets 10 minutes and 55 seconds of screen time. So, Okay. But let's talk about the first Halloween Ponage. movie and what happens in it. Yeah. Yeah, As compared to what happened in this one. Yeah, he's wanna, not doing any of the At least the nine anything. minutes of screen time in the first Halloween movie yeah. was well used. Yeah. And I would argue that point. Like I, I saw that a bunch on Twitter. I would argue that point, like, you know, that Michael is constantly in the background and like POV and he's constantly in that film, whether he's being shown. Yeah. Um, interesting initial reaction, Rob. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say you loved it, but uh, Kate, we'll go ahead and move on. <laughs> we'll give Rob a time. We'll give Rob a little time to cool down. A moment. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give Rob a Klonopin and we'll move on. <laughs> All right. I think, I'm probably in between you guys. On the, I don't know, Trav, what your opinion is because you keep mm-hmm. playing up like you loved it, but I'm sure that's probably not mm-hmm. true. Um, <laughs> I there were certain scenes and kills that I was like, I enjoyed that. That was. I wasn't expecting to see a kid b- basically fall from the you know the top of the stairs and die in a bloody, you know, accidental you know homicide (laughs) in the first like scene of the film i wasn't expecting that at all it was very much uh why am i being shown this obviously they ended up taking this Corey character and making him like you know the town the this new hated guy in town Mm -hmm. persecuted guy um obvious psychopath because one people grown adults who drink glasses of milk like that are oh my god two (laughs) two he has mommy major mommy abuse go on um emotional mommy (laughs) abuse psychopath uh and then he's got this persecution complex from everybody around town that's just feeding into it um and he was probably you know a little sociopathic to begin with the way he was talking like he was when they introduced him as a character mm-hmm. i think this the reason i'm talking about this is because this was one of my big issues too rob is like one the introduction of Corey as a character and making his storyline so big and so central as like this is going to be michael myers successor mm-hmm. and then to just kill them kill him at the end Mm-hmm. Or so we think, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, they he seems pretty fucking dead. His neck, neck. Oh yeah, he's snapped. dead. He did. Like, he gets shot yeah. and his neck gets snapped. Um, but regardless, like, I feel like maybe they were tr- they were going for that to be like, oh, haha, just kidding. He's not. There's not going to be a successor. You know, Laurie does win in the end. Um, but it just it wasn't as satisfying as I think they were maybe trying to go for. Uh, I truly did not care about him and Allison's relationship. Um, I understand that, yeah, like a, a younger woman can just like have a connection with a guy and think he is like the best ever. And I don't know, like, sure, she could have fallen in love with him and had this like whirlwind, weird connection, romance, whatever. But why? Like, why am I seeing it? Like, I don't give a sh- I really don't care. <laughs> like, where... The, one, we need more Lori. We need more... Uh-huh. We need, need more story and more, like, of Michael Myers taunting her. That was... That's, like, the whole thing that makes it good. He taunts her and he stalks her and he makes her life a living hell and then they fight at the end. Like, that's mm. what I wanted out of the last one in the series and I didn't get it. See, okay, so I would argue at that point that we got it in the first in the first two, uh, as far as like the stalking and, uh, you know, the Lori and Michael conflict and stuff like that. Now, before we get too deep into that. So my initial reaction, um, I went in with pretty low expectations to be honest. I didn't know where they were going. I kind of called the Corey bit just from the trailer and stuff, but not all of the Corey bit as we'll get into. 
Um, I don't know what it is quite about this movie, but it's probably, I think this and kills are two of my favorite sequels of the entire series. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? And I'm being serious Why about qualify this? Just, I yeah. think, Back it so, up. go ahead. <laughs> so I a hundred percent, while I'll admit that some stuff didn't land in this movie, um, and we can point out a few and I will a hundred percent agree. Um, to swing for the fences like they did in this movie with uh, going against tropes at times, going against expectations, going against the norm of what has been set up with these franchises and giving us a pretty much character study. Michael's not even in the movie for the first 46 minutes, I think. To give us all of that and explore Haddonfield like as it like without Michael and Lori's there, but like without the original boogeyman, I give them like all of the props and they have huge balls hanging between their legs. And that's kind of like why I liked it. I think, I think it like allows you to explore Haddonfield a little bit more and all these characters. And, um, we can get into some themes, um, a little bit later. Um, but that's kind of my initial reaction. I was like, why do I like this? Like when it ended and I was a hundred percent and this is totally spoilers. And this is the scene in the movie when Corey first meets Michael, I was like a hundred percent ready to like flip my chair, like, like get up and like, like really tear my chair out of the theater and like walk out. But I was like something they did like landed it for me. And I was like, you know, I was just confused as anybody else in there that liked do it. Do you do you think it was them showing like the sort of long term effects of the havoc he like he has wreaked upon the town and the way that people treat each other and the way they Absolutely. act? Um, I guess like that. It was nice. It was nice that they added that element, but mm-hmm. something that's never been satisfying and no no amount of like her. Uh, narrating herself as she's writing this book um it like nothing she said in any of those little scenes provided a satisfactory answer to why the hell laurie strode is still living in this town why did she come back to this town why would she continue to live here where people hate her um, and she only has one friend in the whole damn town, like, or one or two friends. Like it just doesn't compute. This is also the same town where her child was murdered by this man. Mm-hmm. It, and being in the town just further endangers her one last living, you know, descendant, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense it makes sense why allison stayed because she's staying for her grandma right but why is Lori still here except for except for literally just so they can make a movie about her like that's what's not satisfying to me like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense like and i get that they wanted to tell a story of haddonfield and not just Mm Lori, but at the end of the day like you've got to have Lori being in town for a reason other than i bought a house and i'm just gonna power through this like all right so before so let's hit on Lori, and then we can go through the plot that way we can like take it bit by bit so one thing i did appreciate and rob i want to get your take on this too Lori actually felt like the Lori from the original movie in this to me um whereas in 2018 i think that was one of the big complaints that i had i never i never bought that she went like that's why i've always bought halloween h2o over halloween 2018 Cause I never like bought that she'd go like full on gun toting like Rambo, like, like living like Sarah Connor living in the woods and shit. I felt like in this she's like trying to move on. Like even though like you can't really judge how someone uh, responds to trauma, and trauma is a big theme in this trilogy. But it's like I think you can judge. Yeah, yeah, you can. You, <laughs> you can, can. To be fair, yeah. okay, I'll backtrack a little bit. Yeah, you can. But it's like it was refreshing to see. I don't know. Something about that was refreshing to see Lori like hanging up decorations and like having a good time with her granddaughter, like carving pumpkins, like having fun with her granddaughter when she drops that line about like having tits. And, you know, what does she say? Like, grab your tits and something else like that. (laughs) But it's like 
this is the Lori that I know, not the alcoholic gun toting living in the woods, like, you know, whack job, you know, not to be like mm-hmm. too, but it's like, this is kind of more of the Lori that I know. And she's rational and she's just like, even further along in the movie, she's like calling it like it is. She's like, well, and that that's cause she's sober. And I mm-hmm. think like, I don't have an issue necessarily with the character arc they've given her over the trilogy or even from the original, which is really where it all started. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a problem with them showing her, you know, struggling with her addiction and her fear and her paranoia. Um, and then coming out of that, um, after the death, you know, several years after the death of her daughter, um, because she's trying to create some normalcy and some happy, you know, memories and traditions with her granddaughter. I think all that makes sense, but living in Haddonfield doesn't make sense. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I honestly, I like that. I like, how Lori ended up after the first movie. I like that she went nuts and was preparing for Michael to come back someday because she knew him as this just maniac Mm -hmm. who she believed was going to get out someday. And then you could, you saw how that affected her relationship with her daughter and her granddaughter. And like, yeah, it, it really, it built her story for me. Like, all right, she's just, she's been crazy. It's affected her relationship with her daughter or granddaughter. They don't want anything to do with her. And then, you know, Michael escapes, he comes into Haddonfield, and all of a sudden, like, Grandma's right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they kind of come together in he this bring situation. A, he brought a family together. He did. He, he, really <laughs> he, did. he did. He he 100% did, because she had prepared um, her daughter for the day that Michael was going to come back, because she knew everything about that house and how to trap it. She knew the plan. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so it all came together. They all went to the hospital together, and, you know, that Michael somehow escaped and then, you know, the, the, the granddaughter went out and tried to find him. And then the daughter got, to, you know, went out there and stopped him and led him out there to the townspeople, which, you know, it didn't work out because he slaughtered all the townspeople and then okay. went back and slaughtered her daughter. But, and then you come to this movie and now Laurie Strode is this, like you said, she's like, you know, it reminds you of when she was a teenager in that, in the first Halloween movie. And she's, calm she's writing this book it's four years later michael's not michael was never found so my we know that michael's still out there but <laughs> he's so, in a drain pipe for some reason uh, she was like but yeah he's he's living in a drain <laughs> pipe right now but anyway she went and bought her a nice little house in haddonfield her and her granddaughter are just living this great life mm-hmm. while michael's still out there mm-hmm. on the loose as far as i know i mean i guess she, she you could just assume that he's dead maybe Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they did. You'd think but... that she would have learned that lesson by now that he's and not. You... And that's he, why uh, they end him the way they do in this one. But... That's why it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> None of it makes any sense. So you touched on the trauma of Lori in the first one. And then, well, then we can get into the plot. But like, that's kind of how I see this trilogy is like the first one is trauma and what that does to Lori. And then it bleeds, you know, obviously to Lori's loved ones. The Halloween Kills is Michael traumatizing and what trauma does to the town and to, you know, in that Halloween Kills, it's like everybody's fucked up. That whole Haddonfield's fucked up. And then in this one, I see how it's like trauma bleeds from generation to generation. And even in this one, it's kind of like Stephen King-esque because everywhere Lori goes, she has people like, you provoked that man or like... It's almost like it, like when we watched it, you know how like in Stephen King's it, they have like towns members, Pennywise using towns members to like say fucked up stuff or like, it's almost like that evil uh, and darkness is just like breeding, even though he's not there. It's like the town is going to find like a new boogeyman. It's going to find some new negativity to that's, that's kind of like thematically where I see this trilogy. And, uh, and it's a masterpiece, quite frankly. No. Okay, so let's go through this plot, because people are listening, and they're like, what the fuck are these bozos talking about? So, Kate, would you like to give a give a little rundown of the plot? You can skip the uh, the 45-minute Twin Peaks episode, where they're uh, driving around on bikes. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, so they open, and I kind of touched on the, the opening mm-hmm. with the Corey. He's, you know, in college or whatever, and he's babysitting this 
spoiled kid in this big ass rich people house. Oh, that kid deserved um, to die. And no, he didn't. <laughs> he was being he was being a kid. He's being a turd. Corey yeah. is like acting like the model babysitter, model citizen to his parents um, before they go off to their little party. And then as soon as they leave the party, they cut to them watching. I think the thing, or yeah, they? John yeah. Carpenter's the watching thing. the thing, uh, which is inappropriate for a kid oh. his age. But regardless, <laughs> even if you don't believe in that, like they are just like talking abuse at each other. Like the kid is being a, a brat to Corey, and Corey is talking to this kid like he's a piece of shit. Like it's just well, like to be fair, yeah, he calls him like an ugly ass boy or something. What was that little kid call him? Oh, um. And- Something babies like an ugly ass babysitter or something like that. Yeah. Man. I mean, regardless, it's like know. it shows you the two faced nature of Corey, right? So he's like, perfect, you know, we're going to have a great time. Your kid's going to be in bed by nine. You know, like mm-hmm. he just has this one face he's showing parents and then this other face he's uh, th- that he's showing to the kid. Um, so that sets you up of being like, oh, I don't know about this Corey guy. Obviously, the kid's annoying as shit, but does he deserve to die? No, but. He also dies by accident. Um, he's thrown over the rails, whatever. Um, so Corey's <laughs> life is ruined, essentially, but he gets away with it. Um, I think that it's ruled just like an accidental like uh, manslaughter or whatever. I forget what they, yeah. how they coined it. But it's like man, he's, then they call him like manslaughter Corey or something like that. Yeah, so he's back in society, you Poor know, Corey, man. working as a mechanic <laughs> out at a junkyard or whatever for his dad. Um, and... So for a lot of the movie, you're just thinking like, why are they showing me this? But you're also seeing... <laughs> you're like, am I watching the wrong movie? But you're yeah, also seeing... Exactly. Uh, what movie am I watching? Yeah, Lori's writing this book um, to kind of show her, you know, healing journey from all this trauma. Uh, and again, poorly explaining why she's still living in Haddonfield. Um, she's living with her granddaughter. Her granddaughter is just like wilting and shriveling in this environment. Like she doesn't... She is a nurse now, I think. Yeah, she's a nurse uh, working for a doctor who's an asshole. Um, that dude was awesome, by the way. <laughs> she, so she hates, like, her job. She hates being in Haddonfield. She feels like she had, like, all of her friends, well, she all of her friends are dead. Um, but she's made, apparently, very few new ones. There's, like, a weird vibe between her and her grandma. Like, they get along, and she appreciates... Lori's attempts at like creating you know traditions trying to bake her the pie and all that stuff and but it's just Allison's really unsatisfied with her life and she wishes she could not be there um so and I believe they said it's four years since yeah four years yeah, four since. years four years since the last one um not a ton of time to really kind of be over all this stuff but anyway um then they introduce this drain pipe where you just assume and you find out that it's exactly what you thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like how Michael's uh, Michael Myers is... He's been in a drain pipe for four years. He's masked up in a drain pipe uh, and there's just a homeless dude there who, I don't know, is bringing him food or like, I don't know. I He's watched I, people drag... He's yeah. watched him drag people, drag into, people that, in. into that drain pipe apparently. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, but then, like, where do they go? Is he just sitting in there with a bunch of rotting corpses in the drain pipe? Like, yeah. what's going on? No one said on? anything for four years. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's noticing murders in Haddonfield, of all places. I don't know. It's uh, just, uh, uh, it's funky. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, they show Corey, like I said, doing lots of psychopathic stuff, like drinking the milk and having an overbearing, Wait, so, infantilizing and, mother. And In all seriousness, though, like, do you guys think that Corey was psycho from the beginning? Yeah. You do? Okay. I think Did he had I, I, I think he, he had normal? I think he had a a disposition that was like set up for it and it took the traumatizing experience to and the like li- and being forced to live with his mother in adulthood who is a, like she's awful. They show very few scenes of her but they're very effective at showing her as being like a very emotionally abusive oh, and yeah. sometimes physically abusive person. Yeah. Um very norman bates yeah go on um, 
but anyway, <laughs> uh, and they show him, and I, and I, I'm, I say the milk thing is a joke, but they do show him multiple times pouring himself a glass of milk. Um, milk is I think very that good. is purposeful. <laughs> Milk's delicious sometimes. <laughs> and you see the townspeople and like a bunch of teens, like just like causing Corey grief, you know, out in Band his geeks. life. Okay, so yeah, okay. Band I, geeks. I knew Robbie. We're, 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 we're causing Corey grief. Uh, I, I things knew, are different now than I, when we were in high school, guys. I knew Band I could geeks. count on Robbie for pointing this out. Because when Rose and I saw this, that this is probably the number one problem I have with this movie, is that that 100% is not a group of bullies. No. <laughs> that group would be getting shoved in lockers. During any time, <laughs> Corey's dude, bigger than all of them. Corey could literally <laughs> knock out both two two people in that group before any of them like even because Corey's a big dude. Yeah, Corey's bigger than all of them. Yeah, he's a Clark Kent type. Like I mean, you know, you like guys, I know that that's I know what you're saying is true about his like physical advantage. Yeah, but one, he's trying not to get himself in any more trouble for right. a while. And two, I think Gen Z in high school is different now than we can imagine it being in our time. They should have made like, the bullies like MAGA type or something. Or, you know, like anything. Well, one boy is, Give me the prototypical little... football players who are douchebags driving around in daddy's car, which is what they did, but except it was band geeks. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. I can but, be- but the thing I is, you're calling that. them band yeah. geeks, but like now being smart. Is, yeah, he's like picking on them and being shit. Being smart. It like I'm makes, picking on them being makes... able to pick on Corey. Because it makes zero sense. Oh. Rob's being all toxic. He's like, band nerds. <laughs> okay. But anyway. we just talked about how like he was like twice the size of that little dude that was picking yeah. on him. Let me get yeah. let me get on with it, boys. Yeah. Kate was in band, so. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was in orchestra. Oh. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so... You know, there he's being picked on by some high schoolers. Like, let's just mm-hmm. call it what it is. It, he's a grown man, and they're high schoolers. That's just silly. Um, whether or not they're in band or sports or whatever doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, and Lori's, you know, this is an important, you know, connection. She like stands up for him at the gas station with these kids, and uh, then introduces him to her granddaughter. And she's like, "Hey, she needs a, you know." You, my granddaughter needs a date to this party, this Halloween party or whatever. Um, and this kid seems like a nice kid. I don't think she really knows like who he is or what he's done. Um, or it's maybe she does. <laughs> I don't remember if she does, but regardless, she introduces her granddaughter to the town pariah. Bad mm. move, Lori, but there she goes. She does it. And they have an instant kind of connection and Allison like, really falls deep for him falls immediately deep, yeah. immediately very falls quickly. in love with him in a very short period of time did you, right so did they're you connecting buy- as like um very quickly in this codependent um like trauma bonded way which is very lifetime movie it's very, yucky it's yucky to me and it's, it's, very, unhu- it's, it's lifetime unhealthy. movie very hot yeah, well no it's re- it's true to for. life there are, there are people who fall into these relationships really fast like this because they have unhealed unresolved shit that they need to go to therapy for uh both of them that's true Mm -hmm. um but anyway (laughs) they are just uh them against the world kind of vibes for a while uh dating it doesn't seem that allison is really aware of um Corey then becoming a murderer and trying to learn from (laughs) from um michael myers in the drain pipe how to kill and how to be you know invincible i don't know uh he just he goes off he kills a bunch of people i'm not Mm going to get into every single scene um and some and usually michael myers has to come and save his ass because he's not that good at it Mm -hmm. um and Lori sees it in his eyes there's kind of a there's kind of a scene where it's almost like uh, when Corey first gets drug into the drain pipe by Michael Myers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael Myers makes eye contact with Corey. And I don't know if that was meant to symbolize okay. like just a psycho 
recognizing psycho in another person or if that's like a demon transfer like it was okay. weird so, <laughs> i don't yeah. know what oh, that was so, you guys brought that up so Rob, thought, you go ahead so i thought at that point like michael myers had possessed Corey, and okay. i was like oh my god is that where they're going to go with this movie yeah see <laughs> i was I, like i was like is michael did michael myers just possess Corey? so what do you think happened during that scene i don't know now because uh, I literally, I was like, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna like turn psycho because Pangomiros possessed him and like transferred his evil into mm. him, and now he's gonna start killing people. Which do you I think assume, they were going for? I think now, that's what I'm at. So Rob, first, after watching what do you think the movie, happened? I think it was just kind of like they had this connection where maybe Michael saw the same thing in his eyes and yeah. realized that they were similar, yeah, and then let him go. Yeah, which is... Uh, I, I don't... <laughs> that's where I think... I think that's okay. what happened there. Okay. And I guess he saw the same thing in Michael Myers and then... Or maybe did, Michael's like, I can use this little fuck. Or... Uh, maybe. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it's notable that Michael Myers is weakened in a weakened state. Yes. Um, And so maybe he is... Yeah, he... It, I don't... I don't know how much talking they do. I don't know how much Michael Myers knows about Corey's connection to Lori's daughter. Like, if he knows about that, maybe he's using that. Maybe he saw them together from creeping around and he was like, hey, you know, this guy's also a psycho, like, perfect, you know, perfect storm of elements. And he was like, okay, I'll use this guy. I don't, it doesn't seem like they were going for that. To me, it seemed like, um, psycho recognizing psycho maybe a little bit of demon like like i said like some of his evil transfer or something in that moment that's kind of how i took it um which you know i rose took it as like evil like real recognizing real kind of thing i took it as like he saw like the seeds in Corey, and like kind of infected him like yeah, and like, they bring and up... Corey wasn't showing the fear he's used to seeing in his victims, so mm-hmm. maybe wasn't wouldn't it be as satisfying or I don't know. That's why I think like um, that Corey was pretty good, you know, at the beginning, and I think that as he turned darker, Michael like really, really in, like kind of infected him or, or gave him some darkness, you know, as you like. Mm-hmm. Kind of, that's where like the Christine things, like the director talks about how Christine uh, influenced this movie a lot. You know, because, of course, the guy buys Christine and then Christine starts to fucking turn him and shit. But they reference that like several times throughout the movie, like the cut on his hand. Um, And during a scene that we can talk about here in a minute when um, they go to kill the doctor, there's like something weird going on there where Michael is stabbing the girl against the wall. And then he does his like killer like a head tilt thing and Corey is kind of like holding his hand out like his cut hand like just holding his hand out to the murder like as it's happening so i i don't know what's going on there yeah and at one point allison is looking at his hand she's like "Mm, infected or something like that so maybe you're right there's some kind of like evil and infection (laughs) of evil going on um regardless i I, i'm gonna keep going with the plot because we're almost we're getting towards kind of the end um Lori tries to warn Allison that, like, there's something wrong about this guy. I know I introduced you to him. I know you're really into him. But, like, he's... I see the same thing in him that I saw... That I see in Michael. Um, and her daughter... Her granddaughter is being fucking stupid. And she basically kind of it tells Corey, like, let's get our shit in together and just get out of town. Uh, I'm done with this place. Whatever. And... Corey's kind of in the process of just like killing off anybody who would stop her from doing that mm-hmm. um, with him because uh, he says at one point like if if I can't have her no one will kind of thing um, did you like that line in the film I bet you were like oh I was just like okay toxic uh-huh. well <laughs> yeah it's toxic but it's also like not new not original yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know as you would expect Corey sees Lori as the biggest obstacle um, and so Corey, um, and I don't know how I'm meant personally meant to, to believe that boogeyman, like nearly, you know, invincible Michael Myers, that this little dweeb 
was able to wrestle his Boy. mask away from oh. him. Uh, so he wrestles the, <laughs> the, the mask away from him and then goes into, you know, Lori's house. Lori has already thought, you know, she's kind of predicted this. She's got this spidey sense. So she's got a little plan hatch where she's going to pretend she's going to call in a suicide, pretend to commit suicide, shoots a pumpkin. Ha ha. Door opens and um, Corey's there and she shoots. She's like, did Lori. you re- did you really think I would kill yeah. myself? Blah, 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 and she shoots him. Um, Lori's uh, a badass in that scene. Yeah. Um, and then she has to fight him a little bit more. And then Michael Myers shows up. And so he kills Corey because Corey's useless. A, a dweeb, yeah. Um, yeah. Corey took his mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pissed at Corey because he took his mask. And then, um, you know, he puts it back on. And then he's still pretty weakened. Um just in general, uh, which I think it's a kind of lame that the, o- the only way they've kind of set it up that the only way Laurie is made, is able to kill Michael Myers is because he's weakened. Uh, I think that's... Yeah, because he's been stuck in a drain pipe for yeah, four years. I think That's it's a, the only way that Laurie Stroh was going to overpower Michael Myers. Right, but I still think it's kind of lame. Like, I wish it was more of a fair fight between them at the end. I think it would have been more fun. Um, but regardless, she just kind of pins him to, you know, the countertop with knives in his hands and stuff. And they have a little bit of a, cur- a little fight, a little kerfuffle um, before that. And then finally, um, she and her daughter are able to kill him. And then, you know in an act of kind of solidarity with the town they decide we're not going to go through our normal channels mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. with this we're literally going to go and stick him in the uh they kind of sweetie sweeney taught him in this big grinder of like metal <laughs> grinder uh at the junkyard or whatever and they just gr- grind his body into tiny pieces like to confirm yeah. that he's never coming back and that is pretty much the end it ends with laurie um, and this little stupid cherry blossoms. Oh, metaphor. I don't know. No, they want to go to Japan together. I thought um, that part was sweet, though. <laughs> see the <laughs> cherry blossoms. Anyway, I, I guess it's cute. Um, uh-huh. Her and the the cop from the original, mm-hmm. like, who has also managed to, to survive all this. And they have a little kind of love connection budding. Um, no, pun, no, pun in, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and they are just sitting on the porch talking about the future, kind of, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end. So I, I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions because I do have problems with this movie. You know, uh, contrary to belief, um, I was I thought that they kind of fumbled Michael a little bit in this one. I I think Kate mentioned it, but it's like how he's weakened and stuff, and how exactly does all that work? And is he supernatural or is he a man or like, I felt like that they couldn't really decide or is he both or cause it's like, how does this evil work? Like when we first see Michael in this movie, he is incredibly weakened and Corey brings that cop who is like 45 and was dating the granddaughter. I, thought right, that was... Gross, <laughs> fucking gross. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. He's like super old, but had yeah, dated the granddaughter. he's a douchebag. So we're like, <laughs> okay, kill his ass. So Corey leads him there. And Michael is like getting hoed around by Corey because Michael's all like, you know, like weak and shit. And I'm like, why is he that weak though? Because like we watched this motherfucker get burned alive, burned alive in 2018 and Halloween kills. He gets fucking, oh, going back to the original, he gets shot six times. He goes to jail. He... Uh, in 2018, he gets a his hand blown off by a shotgun. Um, I'm pretty sure he gets shot once. He gets burned alive at the end. And he gets beat by literally everyone in the town after mm-hmm. killing them all. And then the end of Halloween Kills, the daughter sees ghost boy Michael in the window. And then Michael kills her and disappears. So I'm like, how the fuck is he, like, is he supernatural or not? And then he's in this drain pipe, and he's like weak and kind of mutated. <clears throat> so he's, he's after he super killed... human and mortal in this one, yeah. And there's a, it's inconsistent. And mm-hmm. I, I agree. well, so I think after he killed the cop, like I feel like maybe he kind of like woke up. Oh yeah, that part is badass. Like you know it too. No, dude, it, it was the whole thing was awful. But like he like after it seemed like after he killed him, like he was like, oh, Michael. Yeah, Myers he's like again. shaking and shit, like yeah. Bane, you know. And he's like, oh, Batman yeah. and Robin. Yeah, I killed him. This and then he goes and you know when he kills the girl, he 
does that classic Michael thing, like puts her up against the wall, stabs her, you know, so hard into the wall that she's now hanging by the knife and does the whole, like looking at her thing. And then he's back in the drain pipe and Corey's all mad. And he's like, you got something I need. And then wrestle manages to wrestle the mask away from Michael Myers. And then is it the mask? That is gives it, the power. Yeah, is it the mask that gives him the power? I, I would say know. obviously not, because Lori takes him out with like no problemo, and he's wearing the mask when he when she does that. That's I fair. Mean, it's fair. But, but then Corey goes, puts the mask on, and then he's all of a sudden goes oh, on this rampage, which that's that's the the best part of the movie for me. Is, really, uh, that is yeah. killing all the teens, Kill, oh, killing the teens, badass. and then he goes and he fuck he, and he fucks up that DJ. Yeah. Which that that was probably the best kill in the movie for me. And kills his mom. He kills his yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, but well. you don't get to see it. And he looks like see, this is why I like some of the reason why I love and this movie got, though. And he's got the tow truck, which I don't remember was he driving a tow truck in the original? Uh no, it was like in a seventy eight. It was it was so. a sedan. It was like an old well, Yeah, he, sedan. So or there was, was the sedan, but I feel like there was a tow truck. Maybe at in some the point. part four or something. Um but yet in those like when he's killing those kids at the junkyard, he looks like Halloween too, like because he has that fucking collar and shit. I was like, dude, these parts are fucking badass. Like, I don't care if it's Michael or not. Yeah, that's what get, I mean. He like, gets the blowtorch out and yeah. like fries that kid's face. That's great. I mean, mm-hmm. he <laughs> he runs the run the one girl over and then stomps her head in. Okay, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's what yeah. I mean. Is like I enjoyed like the, some of the kills and some of the scenes and. Um, I thought it was absolutely ri- like ridiculous, but very in the vein of ha- the Halloween, you know, franchise that he was able to stick this like not that big of a kitchen knife through a whole person's body, and that was gonna suspend her. It was gonna stick in the wall enough to suspend her. Like that kind of stuff, I really enjoy because I think it's a little silly, and campy, and then like the kills of the kids, like of, of the the teenagers, was super fun. Oh yeah. Um, the DJ one was fun. Him cutting off the tongue and then throwing it onto oh, the record, yeah. Yeah. like that had some Michael Myers flair to it, even though it was Corey. Um, but then, yeah, it just yeah, I, I believe yeah. Michael killed three people, if I'm not mistaken, and Corey killed nine. Yeah. I think is like the calculation. Um, since we're talking about, since we're like going back and forth on scenes and stuff, um, one of my favorite scenes, and I think it's the scariest scene in this movie is when they break in to the doctor and his like mistress mm-hmm. and the mistress is in the shower, uh, De Palma style. <laughs> and she comes out and turns the light on. And earlier in the film, Corey had had a uh, scarecrow mask and, uh, Corey is like, has this dude's head in a plastic bag and is stabbing him with like a corkscrew or something. Yeah. And the way that he looks up, like with those eyes, uh, I was like, oh my God. There's a creepy, creepy scarecrow mask. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think and that's. You can, you can see him stabbing him in the neck before she goes and like, turns yeah. the light. You, know, you can see the motion in the back. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, that was kind of creepy. Yeah. But then he fucks the whole thing up and like lets her get away and then might like, we had pointed out Michael comes out of nowhere and saves his ass. Oh yeah. yeah. Michael's the pro yeah. again. Like, but why would he, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. why was Michael even there? Why, why did he come out of the drain pipe for that? I don't understand. And how did they get there? They, they, I, I would have uh, fucking <laughs> like if they showed Michael riding on the back of his motorcycle, oh that would have been so fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Just standing on uh, his know, oh. You know what? I would, I would have, I would have loved that too. Actually. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, at least I'm like, all right, I, now I know that this movie is just being ridiculous and like, I can, ex- it's not trying to take itself serious yeah. at this point. And you know what? Like I bring up a lot of like, um, like, you know, stuff that it doesn't make sense, like the mask or like, you know, um, kind of the rules of the film being played with a little bit, but I actually like that idea of like the mask kind of given the power. Cause it's like the boogeyman's power is like fear. And it's like that mask is so iconic. And they even set it up in the ori- in the 2018 version when they pull it out and the dogs and shit start going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit's killer, man. But it's like that, that like, icon, like, you know, Dahmer's glasses or, like, you know, some of these, like, artifacts owned by serial killers having, like, that power. And it's like Michael feels powerful when he puts it on. Um, Kate, like, changing gears a little bit, and then I'll get your uh, favorite scenes. Uh, did you enjoy... Because Rose said that this is, quote, the hottest Halloween ever. 
Um, what? A lot of my buddies said that this was the hottest Halloween ever. Like, you know, with the romance and the bad boy and... You know, a lot of that stuff. Really? Did you enjoy I... it? <laughs> really? I... Rose was like, this movie is hot. <laughs> hot? I didn't... Okay, one, I didn't really buy the chemistry between them, t- the two of them as actors. Mm-hmm. Um, or the characters. Like, I just did, I didn't buy the heat. I didn't think it was sexy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Yeah, I Burn know. Down. No, I don't... Th- <laughs> I don't think... I don't think that they're dynamic or yeah, just anything about this like classic um, just train wreck. Like any therapist would look at their relationship in like, two seconds and just say like, you got a narcissist, you've got, you know, a, a traumatized people pleasing mm-hmm. granddaughter, like recipe for disaster. Um, and to me, that's not sexy because there's not like, it's not like Corey has anything really redeemable about him at this point um, to sort of make you, to make him be one of those characters, I guess. Like when you read like romance novels or like romance smut even, like mm-hmm. there's the whole like enemies to lovers thing. This isn't that. It doesn't have that kind of heat. It's mm-hmm. gross. It's gross and icky to me. Uh, and it makes me be a little like disgusted with her as a woman, especially as a woman raised by really strong women mm. who should value herself more. She should be able to recognize, you know, what she's seeing in this guy. She should be able, she, like she should. And like, I would think would listen to her grandmother um, about this, like, and let Kylo instead, Ren play instead she just kind of, <laughs> she just kind of like throws her, you know, toys out of the, out of the pram. And it's just like, but you just don't want me to be happy. I love him. <laughs> yeah. And then she get, turns into like a little teenager. I'm like, this girl, she's like out of college. She's working and she's a, you know, grown woman now. Mm-hmm. And she's acting like a little teenager. It's gross. I don't like it. I don't think yeah. it was hot at all. All right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Rose, yeah, Kylo, you're Kylo right. Ren, Kylo Ren was. It was just bad. That's I mean, yeah. the whole thing was just right. bad. Right. <laughs> Kylo no. Ren's different because I like Adam Driver. I think he's, he's a mass murderer. He's not just a murderer. <laughs> he he's a genocidal murderer, murderer yeah. but <laughs> I think he is hot. So, but no, Corey's not hot either. For All right. So, Kate, what were some of your favorite scenes in the movie, or a favorite scene in the movie? I'm probably gonna steal this from from you guys but the 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 whole sequence of the of him killing the uh the teens and he in the sad part of his dad like specifically the scene where his dad comes out so his dad um is at the junkyard you know working late or whatever Mm -hmm. here's the commotion comes out um and i thought it was really fucked up that Corey takes down his mask on purpose so his dad sees it's him and inevitably his dad like kind of turns around and is a human shield for him um because if it was just michael myers out there i think he wouldn't have done that uh and Mm. then his dad tragically is shot by one of the kids right Mm. um and his dad proved to be like the only kind of good person in his life. Yeah, pretty much. I wonder um, if he would have even killed him. Like if... who like loved and supported him even like no matter what he's done. Um, and I, I just thought that was kind of tragic and sad. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it's, it's sort of sandwiched with all the killing of the teens. I think that yeah. was my favorite part. All right. So Robbie shared a couple of his, so I'm going to share like a low key one. So this is one, I think it came up a little earlier. This is when Lori first notices his likeness to Michael Myers. And I think it's really, really well done, but she looks out the window at one point and this is after he's like infected Mm, quote unquote by Michael. And it like, they kind of, (laughs) was that an, Oh yeah, I know what you're going for. They kind of, they play that little like ding, like from John Carpenter score. And he's standing like by kind of by the bushes and then she goes outside and he like, you know, kind of like appears behind her, like creeps up. Yeah, he, he's not where he was and yeah. then he's suddenly behind her. I liked that they did that little Only nod. a creeper could do. Like, you know, he had that creeper movement and she's like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> I thought that was all played like really well, though. 
Um, and then, you know, flash forward to the ending. The one thing that I was disappointed with was the final fight. I won't like dwell on that too much. Um, I felt like we got a better one in 2018. Like I, I felt like that that fight was better. One thing I did like though was the happy ending for Lori, and I liked um, like one of her final lines in her memoir, which was like that. I think it was that like evil never goes away; it just changes shape. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was like the perfect way to fucking end it. But <laughs> I, I did. I, I felt like it was clever because it's like the shape. You know, Michael Myers is the shape, and you know, brilliant. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so Rob, let's get your, unless you have anything else, uh, let's give your final reaction or your final rating for Halloween ends. Uh, and where would you kind of like, um, you said it's the worst in the series, but yeah, I, I said can't it might take be. that. I can't take I said that it might be. I, I need to, I need to rewatch Resurrection and Rob Zombie's Halloween too. It's definitely better than I think Rob Zombie's and Resurrection. I think it's dead. Oh, well, I, I need to watch them because I'm not convinced <laughs> at this point. So where would you rank it? Like as far as like um, rating it for, um, let's go out of five pumpkins for the spooky <laughs> season. Where, how many pumpkins oh, out of five? Would you dude, get? like, is a half pumpkin like? Oh. Is, that, is that is that too ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, uh, it it literally for me it's like it's one or two pumpkins. Did Mariah like it? No, she yes, hated, he, she hated it just as much as I did, yes, if he, not maybe more. Mariah hate <laughs> uh, Mariah hated it. Um, you hated it. Bub hates it. Um, Heath hates it. Uh, I think me and my buddy Josh Sturgeon, he's been on the show a couple times, are the only ones that are like, dude, that movie is great. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Um, Kate, where? How many pumpkins out of five would you rate this? Um, I think two and a half out of five is what my original like gut after I turned it off. Two mm-hmm. and a half out of five. Um, I think I had too high of expectations um, for it. If I were writing this story, I would have done it a lot differently. I've alluded to that and talked, I think, enough about it. I won't kind of dwell. Like you said, I won't dwell. But um, it's just not what I expected. Um and it was too much of a just like that whole storyline with Corey and stuff to me was a huge distraction. Do you think so? You you talked about what you would do differently. Do you think that you would have introduced Corey like in the first movie or like is that kind of the thing that you would have? I just for? don't think I would have had the whole Corey thing. <laughs> I, I don't. No Corey. I don't think uh, I would have done like that. Like that obvious of a setup of like, oh, this is going to be his successor. I wouldn't yeah. have done that at all. Um, I really would have made this about like the cat and mouse between Lori and Michael. And I would have made it like more of this battle Royale. I think I would have, um, I just don't, I feel like there were so many different ways they could have gone with Allison as well. And they just made her into this weak. I'm willing to throw my whole life away for a man kind of woman, which is just, just feels like such the opposite of the strong, like, female spirit of these films um and i was really disappointed in that and i mean i guess there's a lot of men in the writer's room and pretty much no women so maybe that's why they like i don't know i just there's things i would have done and i think i could have made i could have written this to be more satisfying personally yeah, i would have been, um, been more satisfied if it was like four years later and then like michael Myers starts killing people again and then they find out that like laurie laurie strode is actually like wearing michael myers stuff and killing people see robbie wants the that woman a, to be the bad guy that would have been a better movie to me. Right. He had no four, that's he still had a terrible years. movie he had four <laughs> years to heal and get some strength back like it just doesn't make mm. sense that they they almost treated his character like it was fresh off of the last movie but then laurie and her granddaughter had four years to he, like to emotionally heal like it, there's just problems trav it's gonna you? yeah it's gonna i mean it's gonna be interesting like with further watches because it's like did he, was he so weak because there was a new boogeyman so that took away or like I, you know i don't know this movie gives you a lot of stuff and gives you like little answers uh which i think all the best films do um i think what robbie says is preposterous i think it's easily better than rob zombies or Resur- <laughs> resurrections like not even a halloween movie to me um but um i don't think it's a perfect movie 
but I think it. I'm gonna have to rate it four point two five out of five. Wow. Uh, and I'm not trolling wow. with that. I really, really like it. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. Uh, I think uh, this and kills. I believe. I think I would rank the first four Halloweens, and then I would think. I think I would rank. Okay, I would rank one, two, four, H two O, and three, and then I would rank this and kills, and then the rest of them. I think that Resurrection's dead last, of course. Um, right now, I think this and kills are fucking, you know, awesome uh, movies. Um, but yeah, man, I like this. Uh, I don't know particularly why I liked it so much, but I just, I love the fresh take uh, on in the Halloween series. Um, this has been a fun episode, a battleground episode. <laughs> Uh, of sorts. Um, I think, I mean, I pointed out some negatives too. You know, there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense in this series. Um, but Rob, as always, I will let you get back to your slashings. Uh, <laughs> there's many campers that have to pay for this movie. And college students. Yeah, Michael can't kill anymore, but, you know, you can. Uh, uh, Producer Katie, it's good to be in the go same back to room. My drain pipe. Yeah. They, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so producer Kate, it's been great to be in the same room with you again. Uh, we haven't recorded live for a while, um, cause we've all been sicky, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at horrifying my friends and on Twitter at horrifying MF, uh, hit me a line at capped creature on Twitter and at, uh, fuck. What's my name? Uh, at capped creature on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok was the one I was forgetting about. Because you got to do the Michael Myers challenge and shit. Of course I got a TikTok now. Um, But yeah, uh, have a spooktacular week. Go see horror in the theaters. In the theaters. Um, That'll be it. Bye. Fine, my friends. <laughs>